Hello and welcome to the 200th episode of Getting It Done, a podcast about music, education, and life lessons. I'm your host, Tim Rausenberger, and today is Sunday, January 7th, 2018. This is a very special episode, number 200, and today's topic is the Millennials. I didn't plan for this particular episode to be Millennial, which is associated with the number 1000, and episode 200, so we could have two well-rounded numbers. Worked out nicely, but that wasn't part of the plan. But I can assure you that if I was into numbers, there was no way I was waiting until episode 1000 to discuss this particular topic. The Millennials. I hear the term used often, but I personally have not always heard stereotyping about millennials aside from their strong connection to everything electronic, forms of social media, obviously phones and more specifically smartphones which have essentially been in existence for as long as they have been around and I can't say that I've gotten caught up in the discussion with anyone about the negatives associated with Millennials if we take for instance another generation such as the baby boomers there are people from that particular generation we can safely say now uh, they can be a little bit old-fashioned they can be set in their ways most of them at this point are grandparents or great-grandparents getting up there a bit in age let's call it for what it is but There are so many different stigmas attached to uh, generations and decades. And when it comes to millennials, I want to talk about some things that quite honestly have been bothering me. And they haven't just been bothering me. They haven't just been bothering me. They've been bothering a lot of other people that I know well. And I want to talk about it because I think it's important for anyone who um, either knows someone who could be considered a millennial or is one. I think it's important for them to hear things that other people haven't necessarily said. I am somebody who speaks my mind. It's one of the reasons I have this podcast because I want information to be out there for people to have available, to use, to become better educated, and 
really more importantly, I want people to do self-examinations. You should take a look at yourself in the mirror. And when it comes to millennials, there are certain things that really stand out. Now, I have to preface this by saying this is not the case for everyone. So I don't want anybody to leave this episode thinking, okay, this is not me. Okay, I don't know where he comes off saying this. That's not the case. I, with with any of these situations, with all the uh, lousy educators we do have in the world, there are so many more great ones. Not good ones, but great ones. And... I think that people who listen to my podcast about education would never leave thinking, oh, that was so wrong of him to discuss about this and I'm offended. I think that we do live in a society right now where people can get offended by almost anything at this point. So with that said, in no particular order, here are some things that, uh, observations that I've made, things I've witnessed, things, things I've heard, things I've seen, uh, firsthand or secondhand. Uh, and I want to start right off with communication. I find that on a whole, the communication with me by millennials is poor. I don't think it would be fair for me to use any other word. I, it's not good. Uh, it's 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 poor, and I say that because there are so many ways to contact a person, to respond to a person, and it is completely beyond me. With all of the methods available to a human being, to reach out to them. It's, it's, it's unacceptable to me when people do not get back to me in a timely manner. I really don't have any, uh, sympathy for anyone who says, well, I was too busy. Um, I have a very busy schedule. I assure you of that. I'm not going to try to turn this into my schedule's more busy than yours. I can tell you I have a very, very busy schedule, and I do get in touch with people quickly. Uh, when it comes to my job, I get in touch with my bosses very, very quickly. As a matter of fact, I table other things and make sure to respond to them immediately. When it comes to my colleagues, they are a very close second. I always make sure to reach out to them. And then third, of course, would be things relating to my students, unless it's an emergency situation. Parents, when parents send emails to you as an educator, you need to respond as quickly as possible. And I look at just the email issue when it comes to millennials with the administrators, with colleagues, with things relating to students or students themselves sending emails to the teachers and, uh, and, and parents. And I just shake my head in disbelief 
that so many just don't respond in a timely manner or don't even respond at all. I just heard the other day, I, I, I had someone call me up and tell me uh, that they have been trying to reach this teacher. I only know the person's name. I don't know anything about him. I don't know what he is about. I don't know anything about his program or anything. It's a music teacher. But it is baffling to me when the person says, I've been trying to reach out to this teacher for weeks and I haven't gotten a response from him. And he hasn't been out of school. I I don't understand. I don't understand how anybody would be allowed to keep their job if they are not responding in a timely manner to anyone. So communication is is a a big problem. Uh, I can't begin to tell you the number of times I will send messages to people and I don't hear anything back. But here is where I'm going to combine this with communication. My willingness to offer help. I personally think anyone who is offered free help, regardless of how good, average, bad, indifferent the help is going to be, I think you always accept it. You might be doing it as a kind gesture. You might be doing it because you truly do want to learn. And if you get help that is not helpful to you, guess what? It actually was helpful to you because you may have just found out some things or heard things from someone that you know for a fact are wrong and you would never want to do. And it's just reinforcing your beliefs that you already had. But how are you going to know if you don't even get bother getting the help? My personal thing that I... Uh, that I I, I I think the word is just in, in, infuriating. The number of, of millennials who have reached out to me for advice and they either don't follow through or they don't follow up. I'll give you some examples. It hasn't happened once. It's happened several dozen times on uh, online where I've been part of groups and people will ask for advice on how to handle a specific situation. It may have to do with the lesson. It could be have to do with classroom behavior. Uh, could be classroom management. Uh, could be things having to do with dealing with another colleague or an administrator or something that's bothering you or something you need to change about your teaching. There's so many different things. And I've had people reach out to me specifically and say, Tim, can you help me? Or Mr. Rausenberger, can you give me a hand with this? And I say, absolutely, I'll be happy to help you out. Send me a message 
and we'll find a time that we can talk, whether it's on here or on the phone. I am just baffled by the number of people that don't follow through. Because you asked me, which means you must have been interested, but they, what will happen is I will get the information, I'll send them a message, and then I don't even get a response from them. Nothing. Nothing to even acknowledge that I had reached out to them. And quite honestly, I shouldn't have been the one reaching out. They should be the one reaching out to me. Now, again, this isn't everyone. There are several people um, in forums online and groups who have listened to me, and I've been able to get a lot of things from them as well. But they're in a very, very small minority compared to the number of people who just, they don't follow through. But I'm not sure if that's worse. No, actually, it isn't worse than the people who don't follow up. And these are the people I am giving my time to. And I'm happy to spend my time. But if someone spends their time with you, there's more than just saying thank you. There's this thing called following up. And it is this unwritten rule where you reach out to the person who spent all of his or her time with you and you thank them profusely for making themselves available to you. Because to be blunt, I, there are plenty of people out there who pay me hourly to do things that are comparable. I can't say they're comparable, they're more intense. Where I've done complete makeovers for people with, with their resumes or job interviewing, so many different types of skills that I'd be able to arm them with that they they came out of college not knowing or not feeling confident enough. And there are people who have paid me no differently than than a lesson rate because I'm able to provide consultation for them. But if if even if somebody was giving you consultation, you get back to them. You let them know it's the human thing to do. Somebody's doing it for free. Someone's giving you their expertise, their professional professionalism, their time. And it, it's not a thank you, folks. It's more than that. It needs to be you follow up and you send this, you send the simple thank you text. You send the simple, this is what wound up happening. There was a person I met a few years ago and they were having a really, really rough time coming out of college. Couldn't get a job. Extremely frustrated. And at the time, I didn't know them very well. I knew of them. I, 
I don't remember how I got all of their information exactly or how I wound up speaking to them. And to, to be honest, I, this was the one exception I could think of where I provided the types of services that I would provide for consultation. And because the person just had absolutely no money and there was something about the person that, that just, I, I didn't feel it was right to be asking them for money at the time. Little did I realize that it was going to turn into a very, very detailed amount of work that I did to help this person out. Ultimately, in the end, I was able to not just get a job interview, I was able to secure a job for the person. I was able to redo the person's entire resume. I was able to work with the person in which we actually got together face to face and and discussed things relating to why they were having issues with uh interviews and things that could possibly be done to help them moving forward actually met face to face to do this not to mention the amount of messaging the amount of time spent on the phone a lot of hours a lot of hours completely tore apart the resume and put it back together Helped out with cover letters. Helped out with interviewing techniques. And again, I have to stress, did ultimately secure both an interview and ultimately that interview led to a job for the person. Now, the job was not a dream full-time type position, but that's that's inconsequential. It, re- it resulted in employment which ultimately was able to help to launch the person further with their career. And they were able to parlay it along with some of their other experience into getting a, what they have now, which is a full-time position. Now I'm very, very happy for this person and I didn't do all the work. Absolutely not. I'm not going to try to act like I did, but I know I did play a very big role with helping get the person jump-started. Do you know that aside from a very quick thank you that I got for the person getting the, ultimately getting the job, and I think they really only said thank you because they got the job, I haven't heard anything from the person otherwise. Nothing. How do you do that? And here's the sad thing. This has been consistent with a lot of people who would be identified as millennials. I have not found this to be the case with anyone I know who is over the age of 30. Not one. I can't think of even one person that I've ever met in my career who doesn't follow up and, and, and doesn't reach out like that. 
and they and those people do make the random phone calls and the hellos and they check in just to see how you're doing because it's a human thing to do. Very, very disturbing. This was uh, followed up by another recent situation I had with a person I did know. And a person who I also spent many, many hours with working working for a lot of hours uh, and a lot of time and uh, a lot of advice. And it seemed like everything was being well received. Uh, This particular person has always been very, very grateful and has been, is, is a type of person that is a soft-spoken person, but still has been thankful and has been grateful for things. But what ultimately happened with, with that person is that the things that I was helping them with ultimately didn't work out and I never got an update. I never heard anything as a matter of fact, nothing at all. And I can only think that the reason is that they didn't get the desired result. We call that immature. That's the word for that. That's an immature way to respond. And that's where it's time to grow up. It's time to to understand that life is not always going to go your way. And there are going to be people who are going to be able to support you and be there for you. And in the case of these two people, and in the case of of, uh, some of the others where this has happened, I'm I'm going to, and this is where I'm at, is the ones who have been thankful to me and also to others, I'll do anything for them. I'll do anything for anyone. But when those people decide that they're going to come to me again, I'm going to have to think twice before offering to help them. And I may have to actually even charge them a consultation fee because if you're not at least going to have the decency to respond and let me know your sincere appreciation, then I'm going to have to just treat it as I'm nothing more than just a stranger, as somebody that you don't even know, uh, or talking to somebody impartial as if I'm a therapist or something, um, with somebody who's not even capable of or not going to pass any type of judgment on you and is going to be completely impartial. But it is outright wrong when you do not go out of your way to thank and and and, and voice your um voice how grateful you are. And I'm seeing it I'm just seeing it too often. I had another situation involving millennials in which over the course 
of a a six-year period, I had interactions with four teachers who would be identified as millennials. These are people who initially approached me and while I wasn't their official mentor, because these people were people I had worked with in, in, in a school setting, while I was not their official mentor, I was someone who was going to ultimately mentor them and give them lots of advice on things they were doing in the initial stages of their career. All four of them barely communicated with me after the initial few weeks. It's it's beyond to me. I don't understand. I don't get it. And the mistakes that they made were... This is not a situation where... Well, the only way somebody's going to learn is if they make mistakes. I, I, I don't disagree with that. But there are certain types of mistakes that these people were making, which could potentially affect them keeping their jobs. And they weren't consulting with anyone. What I ultimately wound up finding out, and this is very disturbing, is that they were communicating with people their age to try to get ideas on how to handle their situations. It's nice in theory, but it's it, it's not advised because that's in not all cases, but most cases, like the blind leading the blind. Because if you're coming out of college at age 22 or 23 years old, and you think you know everything, I can tell you right now, you don't. Because the one thing that you do not have is experience. And until you are in the trenches, not in the trenches for a month, not in the trenches as a substitute teacher for three months, or a long-term sub for four months. I'm talking about being in the trenches for several years. And you have seen a lot of things happen. You cannot call yourself a person who knows it all and sees it all and has done it all. And I, I... sadly see this happening more and more and i and i'm seeing uh, again a lot of millennials who are not speaking to their elders they're not speaking to people that have experience and again this isn't everyone <laughs> i i can't i can't say that enough but it's a lot of people though let me just turn things around for a minute And I'll give you my situation of when I was your age. When I came out of college, when I was 22, 23 years old, I spoke to anyone. 
that I could in education to get ideas. I listened, I listened, I listened, and I listened some more. I didn't speak over people. I didn't try to intentionally act like I knew more than I did. And there's a reason I say that because I'm going to get to that in just a minute. I went to every conference that I could relating to music education. I wanted to learn everything that I could to equip myself as the ultimate music teacher for instrumental music, choral music, and general music. That was the goal. And I wanted to do everything I could to be the best of the best of the best. And I wanted to learn from the best. And in the places where I did have my initial jobs, I spent so much time just asking questions, asking questions, getting better, trying to improve, trying to, to carve my own way and, and, and figure out what type of path I was going to take that was going to work best for me. I didn't want to be like anyone else, but I certainly wanted to take all of their advice. And there were so many things back then that I didn't understand. One thing you cannot possibly understand when you're 22 or 23 years old, unless you are married, unless you have children, is what it's like to be married and have children. More specifically, be a parent. You can't possibly have any concept of what that is like if you have never done it. And you are now going to be in education. This is for people in education anyway. You're going to be in a job in which you're going to be interacting with people that have kids. Who are the kids? The ones that you're teaching. There are parents. And then there are colleagues you're going to have who are parents themselves. So the one thing I absolutely did not understand at all that no college could have ever trained me for was understanding the human element and relating to people and being able to start conversations. And the first thing is not always about what you want to know about education. It's how's your family? How are your kids? Because let me tell you something. If there's a great conversation starter, that's it. Because people love talking about themselves. And I learned that along the way too. And I didn't realize that when I was first starting. I mean, heck, I should have known. I certainly like talking about myself. But I didn't know it back then. And I didn't relate enough. I didn't put myself in their position. What if I did have two kids and what if I did have one that was going to be college bound, another one who's a hellion right now and driving everyone crazy in middle school? You know, what is that person's life like right now? Whether it's a parent, whether it's a, a, a parent in the, of a child in the school district, whether it's a, a colleague, whether it's a fellow friend who's a professional musician. I didn't understand that. But here's the biggest problem that I had when I first came out. 
I thought, even though I, I knew on one hand that I wanted to take the advice of other people, there was an element of me that was, a, I, I came off as being a know-it-all. I came off as being extremely, extremely arrogant. And to the people out there who may still think of me that way, I'm, I'm, I'm past worrying what other people feel about me. I, I, at this point in my life, feel like a very confident person and someone who uh, has walked the walk and can talk the talk. Uh, because I've, I've really seen just about everything that you could see in education over the past 20 plus years. But back then I certainly didn't. And the way that I, the, the game changer I had did not, it occurred in a school, but it was not a school where I worked. And it was not in, it was not with people who were my colleagues at my school. It was actually something that happened over the summer. And it was in, I believe it was after my second year of teaching full time. It happened. And I had been directing a community band. This is a community band I had started from scratch. And it was a very, very successful band. Um, I'm still amazed at what we were able to accomplish in the time that we we had that band. It was such a great experience. Oh, I, I, I can say that there is a lot of that I miss from the uh, six or seven years that we had that group. But after my second year, there were some people who were not returning to the band. People that had been playing for the last two summers and they weren't coming back. And one of my best friends said to me, I'm going to throw this out as a suggestion. You do with it what you want. And by the way, this is what this is what we call a true friend. This person remains one of my best friends this day. She said to me, she said, look, you can do what you want. You're going to have a meeting right now with all of these important people associated with the band, people that were on the boards of trustees. We're having a meeting. And she said, I think that you need to ask them uh, what they think of the group right now. And more importantly, what everybody thinks of you, meaning me. And I asked. And this room was filled with a, um, so, uh, quite a few of my former teachers from high school and they were not going to treat me as a student. They were going to treat me as their equal. They were going to treat me as someone in their, who's now in their mid twenties. And they looked at me straight in the face and said, you come off as being extremely unapproachable. And my jaw dropped and I was crushed. I can't think of any time in my career I was ever more crushed. Devastated. Unapproachable. Unapproachable because you always 
give off the impression like you know everything. And I never, ever, ever, deep down, I never truly felt that way. I really have never felt that way. That I knew everything. I always wanted to learn. But that wasn't the feeling. And here's the thing. Everybody in the room agreed. It wasn't just one person. And this was not a time of why didn't you tell me sooner? That's not how you react. You shut your mouth and you take it. And you listen. And there might be some tears that may be involved. And it may be hard to swallow and, you know, consume some humble pie. But sometimes that needs to happen. And that changed me. That was the first of many different changes I've gone through in my life. And I was hell-bent and determined that I was never going to be that unapproachable person ever again. And I, I, I share that story with people. And I sh- I share this story with students. And I say, would you believe that people actually call me unapproachable? No way. That's not possible. Oh, it's true. I don't think I was necessarily unapproachable with students, but I think I was unapproachable when it came to adults. And I can tell you that as great as my first two summers were from a musical standpoint, and boy, did we make some great music. Oh, wow. Those first two summers were incredible. The, the personnel we had. We took a little bit of a hit with the musical talent level. Uh, I shouldn't say the musical talent. We took a little bit of a hit with the experience level. We wound up having a younger band in the ensuing summers, but it was a better experience. It was a better experience for everybody involved. I also discovered at that point who my true friends were. Because there were people in those first two years in the band who, instead of helping me, they gossiped. Oh, this person, this, this person. That's not how you handle people who are who are young educators, young musicians. You try to help them. We're all in this together. We don't we're not here to talk behind people's backs, and that's what people were doing. And I found out very quickly who could be trusted and who couldn't. And uh, have made my decisions the rest of my career career accordingly. It's very disturbing to me when I think about what I went through and all the people who helped me along the way and all the people I kept in touch with, all of my college professors, I've stayed in touch with them and communicated with them and my former high school teachers. I mean, I still talk to these people to this day. I'm older, a lot older. And I think about millennials who've reached out to me and reached out to others and they don't even so much as even thank them. They don't sit there and, and, and ask to come back or or to, to observe you again, or try to, to find that as much as they possibly can accept where you are with things. Because if you are under the age 
of, I would say, I, I can't even say under the age of, I would just say in terms of experience in a school district, if you don't have tenure yet, you don't have enough experience. And that would be four years in New Jersey. You don't have enough experience. You don't know enough. And I can tell you at my age, I am still learning every single day and I'm still thanking people profusely. But I'll tell you this much, when I go out of my way to do the same and really go out of my way, because that's one of the things, and I've always done it. It's just part of me. I, I wear my heart on my sleeve with certain types of things. And when it comes to helping other people, I just can't help. I can't help but, excuse me, I can't help but do it. That's just my thing. But darn it, be at least grateful. Acknowledge it. And I'm going to leave with one final thing. Because this has been something that's been really bothering me and a lot of educators in New Jersey and the tri-state, the New York City area. I am blown away with the number of people graduating from colleges who quite honestly are either inept or incompetent. And I don't know if it's the students, I don't know if it's the colleges where they're coming from, or it's a combination of both. I don't know. But when I think of those four particular teachers in that six-year span that I taught, terrible. Uh, the, the number of mistakes they made were completely off the charts. Every single one of them, lo they lost their jobs or had major problems keeping their positions. Like by the skin of their teeth were able to hold on to their positions. And they didn't ask for help from anyone. They tried to sort the problems out on their own, which make, just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. But it doesn't make any sense to me how in a time when you have so much available to you that you could be struggling in any type of way. I understand that there are certain things in education now in particular, that are tougher. I get that. What I don't understand is the blasé attitude of the millennials who are not putting in enough of their time to fix the things they need to and, and correct them, and again, seek the advice of elders. Don't think because somebody is 50 years old that they have no clue. Because what they may lack about the 21st century knowledge and things that you learned when you were in college, what they may lack in there, they may be able to help you out with street smarts. They may be able to help you out with things that have happened in the classroom, which would blow your mind. And most importantly, it's therapeutic. It will make you feel better. And I have to even add one more thing. Why am I not seeing anyone 
under the age of 26 at union meetings. In the state of New Jersey, we are all members of the NJEA, the New Jersey Education Association. And we have our 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 locals, which are all the different school districts around the state in the public schools. I show up to these meetings and the people that are there are the ones that are 28 years old, 29 years old, 34, 56. Let me tell you something. If you're a member of a union, you need to at least be informed on what's going on. Because I can tell you that early in my career, I didn't I didn't go to every meeting, but I went to at least some of the meetings to be informed enough. And that was wrong of me. I should have been in everything. You should be everywhere. You should know exactly what's going on. And when I've been a new teacher in places, they've been happy that I've shown up for meetings, for union meetings, because I'm a new teacher. And I'm looking around the room and I'm saying, why is the youngest person in this room 34 years old? Something's wrong with this picture. Where are all the younger teachers? Why aren't they here? Do you have any idea what people did before you so you can have the privilege of having a job and being able to have a union that does support you? Who will fight for you? No union is perfect. No situation is perfect. But I I don't understand what the mindset is and what these people are doing. I simply don't get it. And it breaks my heart to say some of this stuff because I do see some people. There's this one person um, who I speak to regularly on Facebook. He's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. He is still very green behind the ears. He still has a ton to learn. And the best thing about him is he knows. He knows he has a lot to learn. And he's constantly asking for advice. And he gets the advice from everybody of every age. And he's appreciative. And he's thankful. And he has a wonderful personality. And he is definitely a superstar teacher in the making. And I hope to have him as a guest soon. I don't want to say his name, but I I hope to have him as a guest soon on my podcast because he deserves it. He's he's just doing such incredible things in his his first year in this position, in his current position in this program. Just mind-blowing. And somebody who would be considered a millennial. So if he can do it, why can't everybody else do it? I am, I'm baffled. I don't, I don't understand it, but I hope that this will get the conversation going and I hope it gets some of you thinking because, um, at this point in your career, you need to know who you are 
which is someone who has a lot to offer to the world, but someone who's also very, very inexperienced and someone who needs to learn from others. And the others cannot be a group of 11-year-olds. The others cannot be a group of students in a marching band. The others cannot be a group of seven-year-olds. And the others cannot be people who are only a, a, a comparable age that you are. That doesn't work. So I hope this this is going to open the eyes uh, for some people out there. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And uh, we will certainly uh, continue this discussion again somewhere down the road. I probably will get someone on who is of that age group and maybe they can provide some answers for us and what their views and and what it is that's going on that is causing uh this uh i don't know if we want to call it an epidemic maybe uh but uh thank you as always and uh please uh share this episode with others who would appreciate it Uh, You can find the episode, of course, on SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, Check me out on BrassTenor.com. You can find me on Twitter or on Facebook, uh, Twitter at BrassTenor. And uh, I wish you all the best of luck. And millennials, let's get it together, my friends. We're all in this together. And... Uh, we're all here to help out and to be the very best that we can be.